Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited for you to hear this episode today with Bree and Shelby. They're just such a breath of fresh air. I've been following Shelby forever. And then thanks to Shelby, I discovered Brie and their podcast emotional check-in is amazing. And I actually was on an episode of it. So definitely check it out if you haven't yet. They're just a great combination and we love a Libra Gemini. Anyway, getting into a few of your questions and then we'll get right into the episode. It's so crazy that it's already September 26th. Like I just don't understand how that's possible. Today we are getting back from our trip to Italy, which we had been thinking about for so long and had planned forever. And it's actually funny because when we talk about engagement stuff, like I'd always hoped that it would happen before Italy so that we could enjoy it and just relax. Little did I know that planning a wedding is not relaxing at all. But I mean, you have to just find like the lightness in it. You have to find the humor in it. Like if you're telling me that you planned a wedding or know someone that planned a wedding that didn't fight at all or like have one moment where they didn't see eye to eye, like you're just lying. It's just, it's part of the process. And like, you have to be able to just like laugh it off and not take it too seriously. And remember that like the whole point is that this is all happening because you want to marry one another and start a family together. Like, I think I'm driving my partner up the fucking wall right now. He was just like brushing his teeth last night. And I was like, so wait, when are we going to discuss the prenup? (laughs) Like, it's just like, it's one thing after another that you have to discuss. And I don't think it would be as bad if everyone didn't have so many questions. Like someone's like, where do you want to go on your honeymoon? And like, I get that these are innocent questions. I used to ask people this all the time, but like, I don't know. I don't know what to put on a registry. Like this stuff is like definitely like first world problems, but it is confusing. Someone asked about what's it like planning a bachelorette as someone who is sober. This is funny because it's no different. Like obviously I'm not accounting for like all the drinks we're drinking and like picking up drugs, but I'm really excited to like watch my friends like get drunk and have fun. And like, I kind of love like not being an enabler, but like being able to kind of sit back and watch like the shit show unravel. Like, I think it's so fun. And also like, as I mentioned before in the podcast, like when my friends are drinking and are, you know, doing drugs and like are getting fucked up, like I love that. Like I feed off of their energy as long as, you know, they have a good reaction to drinking and and getting fucked up because we all know that some people do not have a good reaction, but if they do, somebody asked me, what are my thoughts on Jonathan Alpert's too much therapy theory? So this is funny. I had to Google it because I had never heard of this before. And we talk about therapy in this 
particular episode. So it's a good introduction to that. But Jonathan Alpert is a psychotherapist and he's the author of a book called Be Fearless, Change Your Life in 28 Days. He said that in many cases, the more therapy sessions someone attends, the less likely they are to be effective. This is fascinating to me. He says, one of the biggest problems with therapy is that many therapists are content to let their patients vent about their problems for the entire sessions. Although it can be cathartic for the patient, it doesn't lead to meaningful changes in behavior. All too often, consumers of therapy leave feeling good, but they don't recognize that changes aren't lasting. This is so interesting. And apparently this man got hate emails from therapists all around the globe. And it's really interesting. I think, listen, I will say that I believe in some of what he's saying. I was going to therapy almost like too regularly when I first started going. I think I was literally seeing two therapists like two different times a week. It was too much. And that to me was like over-therapizing myself. I think then... I, you know, went down to once a week, but I didn't love the growth I was seeing in that particular therapist. Like I was talking to her every week, but I just felt like it was getting like stagnant. The therapist I have now is really wonderful. And we have the type of relationship where it is less frequent. Like I would say one or two times a month, but I keep a kind of log of the things that happen that I want to talk to her about so that when I do get to therapy, which is probably less consistent than it used to be, I'm able to immediately fire off all the things that I want to work on and actually do that work and do well, which is awesome. And and so I will say like, you know, his theory is, it's controversial, but I think there is such thing as too much therapy. I also think that there's such thing as not enough therapy, whereas most people need to see a therapist at least a few times a month or every couple of months and they don't. So I think that, you know, both exist. Somebody said, when is it time to let go? Do you follow your heart, your mind, or your gut? Having been through this, you follow your gut always. Your gut is the one that tells you that it's time to let go. Your gut is the one that's going to torment you and keep you up all night trying to tell you something. And the more that you ignore your gut, your heart and your mind are then going to try to get in touch with you too. But it's your gut first that really, really comes into play when it comes to ending a relationship. Like there's really nothing more important than your gut when it comes to that. Somebody said, comparing the new person you're dating to your ex, specifically re-looks and sex. I think it's so normal to compare the person to your ex. Like someone asked recently as a poll, is it normal to compare your sex with your new partner to your ex? Like all of that is normal. We compare naturally as people. Like we compare to the last thing that we had. You know, we compare the show that we're watching now to the last show that we watched. It's so normal and so fine. And that's just human nature. It doesn't mean that that's not the person, but like it's one thing if like you're comparing every so often versus thinking about them every time and what was different. I think that would be for sure a red flag. Somebody asked, what about physical chemistry in an early relationship? Is it a must right away or can it build over time? 
I always think like if you have tons of chemistry, but not necessarily physical chemistry, you should test that physical chemistry by like kissing or like if you're comfortable, like sleeping together because you never know, like chemistry can for sure happen over time. And I think that throwing that away would be a waste for sure. I'll talk a little bit more about wedding stuff and then get into the episode. Um, we are doing a little, like it's it's not like really an engagement party. It's more of like a toast, which I mentioned the last episode. And it will be in two days on my birthday, September 28th. And it's just like a come celebrate my birthday and toast to us. Um, but it was definitely hard to plan because everyone is so busy in the fall. Like it's absurd. There are weddings every weekend. It's not something that we could even do on a weekend because spaces in the city are completely booked out. And my future in-laws are busy many nights and my parents are busy many nights and our friends are busy so many nights. And so we kind of chose this date. I kind of chose it like last minute and it caused like a little bit of a riff initially between my partner and I, because he was like, I didn't check with my friends that this date worked. And then I thought about it and I was like, I don't think my friends ever checked with me if any date related to their wedding or engagement party or bridal shower, et cetera, worked. I think there was only like one friend that ever checked with me about that. And I think it's it's tough because it feels selfish, but you really have to focus on like your immediate family and what works for you. And I, that's what I'm learning more and more when it comes to wedding planning. And also like, it's hard to communicate with your partner around this stuff. Like I of course want him to be a part of it, but then I also don't want to bother him with stupid nonsense. Cause to me, like no disrespect to wedding planning, but like, it is kind of silly. Like the whole point is just to get married and the rest of it seems like frills. But again, like I'm going through it because I want everyone else in my life to be happy. And I know this is like, hopefully a once in a lifetime experience that I'm going to look back on and be like, oh, kids, look at mommy and daddy's engagement party, you know? And so I want it to be nice. And that's all I'm going to talk about when it comes to that. Otherwise I will spiral. I hope you enjoy this episode and I love Brie and Shelby and I hope you do too. It's so funny because nothing in terms of like, you know, wanting to take care of your sexual health changes when you get engaged or probably when you get married, like it's still very okay to masturbate and it shouldn't be such a taboo, especially when you have an amazing tool to make yourself feel really sexy, like Dipsy. Dipsy is an audio app full of short and sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each audio story features characters that are like real people. So maybe it's like your pilot on that flight or the flight attendant, or maybe it's like that random hot guy at the coffee shop, whatever it might be. There's stories every week that are new and there's so much to explore about what turns you on. They also have wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories, and soundscapes that help you relax before you drift off to sleep. For listeners of the show, we want you to enjoy your sexual pleasure and, you know, take some time off 
to make yourself feel good. Dipsy's offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Acme. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Acme. That's dipsystories.com slash Acme. And let me know which one you find because I'm looking for new, you know, material. Okay, enjoy it. You know that leggings and shorts, like workout shorts are good when you wear them doing errands and like doing other things during your day and you don't just immediately rip them off after working out. Or maybe you wear them all day and then you work out at the end of the day. Or maybe you don't even work out. You just wear them on their own. Girlfriend Collective has the best workout clothes and they're sustainable and ethically made and they're for everyone. Like you go on their website and you see inclusive sizing from extra, extra small to 6XL. Like they are all about making sure that everyone is included. They've got comfortable bras, leggings, shorts, tanks, t-shirts, swimsuits, and so much more. And also, did I mention that they turn old plastic bottles, fishing nets, and other waste into the clothing that you're buying? Like even when you're done with the clothing, they have a garment take-back program called Re-Girlfriend. So once you're done loving your pieces, you can send them back and they'll be upcycled into new girlfriend gear. Like how effing cool is that? I just love that. For listeners of the show, Girlfriend Collective is offering $25 off your purchase of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash Acme. That's $25 of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash Acme. You'll get $25 off your purchase of $100 or more. Girlfriend.com slash Acme. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with Shelby and Bree, the hosts of Emotional Check-In Podcast. Hey ladies. Hi. So we <laughs> We're so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. Um, sorry to our listeners if there's some sort of lag. I'm convinced, we're all convinced that it's it's the heat. But I'm so excited to have you both. I had such a great time on your podcast and I feel like we covered so much. So you should definitely listen to that episode. But I needed to have you guys on here so that we could keep the discussion going. So we'll start with Bree. Bree, how old are you and where are you from? I'm 33 and I'm from California, the Bay Area to be specific. Love it. And Shelby, what about you? I'm 29 and I'm from Boise, Idaho. Oh, very cool. I never knew that about you. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I was born in Boulder, but I grew up primarily in Idaho. <laughs> that's very cool. I love that. I feel like that's very unique, um, but awesome. Like, what was it like growing up in Idaho? <laughs> it was very um, low-key, very mm-hmm. white, I would say. Yeah. And yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah not not a whole lot going on over there. At least when I was growing up, um, it was a nice childhood, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't lock your doors, you know, you say hi to all your neighbors, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think now it's actually gotten to be pretty popular. A lot of folks that I know from California ended up moving over there over the last few years. But I think especially during the pandemic, I had a lot of friends hit me up asking me where the best 
neighborhoods were and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. This is a thing. So Wow. I feel like during the pandemic, people just like lost their minds in terms of the places that they decided to go. Like there's a few <laughs> people I know that moved to uh, Boca and I'm just like, what? Like you and my grandma, but enjoy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I think there was definitely a panic, you know, and totally. people make interesting choices when they feel that they're under so much pressure. Exactly. Do you think they'll move back though? I do. Uh, probably. Right. Yeah. But by that point, like everything will be too expensive here because they know that people are going to want to come back. So it's also like the jokes on everyone else who gave up on this city. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Brie, uh, starting with you again, um, what is your current relationship status? I am single. And it's funny because I was listening to your podcast before we came on and I was like, oh God, I'm going to be the sad single one that everybody no. inherently feels bad for because oh society tells us to feel bad for single women over the age of like 25. But no, I'm single happily. <laughs> Good. I love that attitude. And we're going to do a little deep dive into why the fuck that exists um, <laughs> because it's just not true, not fair. What about you, Shelby? I am in a relationship. Love it. And yeah. is it- Sorry, was there a part two? <laughs> <laughs> is it a monogamous relationship? Is it mm -hmm. great? Yeah, monogamous relationship. We've been together for like eight months or something. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. It's like, that was never a thing in the past where you'd have to specify like this relationship is monogamous, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like people could be dating and they could genuinely be like under the assumption that it wasn't monogamous because it was like never discussed, you know. We were yeah. just talking about that <laughs> on our podcast this week, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what were what were the takeaways? Um, I think the the main takeaway is like, all relationship designs are valid, you know? And I think it's just about figuring out what works best for you right now, you know? Mm -hmm. um, people at their core are dynamic and relationships are also dynamic. You know, there's so much nuance um, and layers and complexity that goes into being in long-term relationships and short-term ones as well, you know? And so it's about finding an agreement that works best for you. And I think it's okay to honor all types of relationships. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's okay. You know, if you want to be monogamous, cool. If you want to be poly or ethical non-monogamous, also cool, you know, but let's just make sure that we're all being respectful of whatever people decide. You know, if it's not your relationship, you don't really have a place to judge. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I feel like we've had so many... Um, guests on the podcast who are in non-monogamous relationships and I've learned so much from them um, mm -hmm. just because like I don't necessarily want that for myself doesn't mean I don't think it's interesting and definitely intriguing and could totally work for someone else. Um, exactly. Brie, I want to unpack what you said before about how like everyone's always like, oh, she's single and you know, over 25. <laughs> Do you think that that in society would exist if there weren't like a quote unquote time limit for women to like have kids and, you know, reproduce, you know what I mean? No, absolutely not. I think everybody puts, because of our reproductive system, I think everybody puts an expiration date 
on women. And the only reason currently right now that I even want to be in a relationship is to have children. That's the only reason I would want to be in a relationship because I'm like, I'm getting up there. These ovaries aren't going to wait. So it's time, you know, to put a baby in there. But that if it, if I didn't need <laughs> to have a child with uh, someone else, I would totally just, I mean, you can do it well, on your own. Yeah, but, I was going to yeah. say, like, you don't <laughs> yeah, need a man for that. You need a sperm that, bank. I absolutely would. Yeah. But. I wonder what it costs to get sperm from a sperm bank. Do you guys have any idea? I know it's expensive. I feel like it's expensive. Mm, yeah. I don't know specifically. The yeah, because I know but... someone who just did it on their own. And I like was like, oh, like, I respect that so much. Because like at a certain point, like, it's like you have to, you can take matters into your own hands. If you can afford to do it, then like by all means. Um, Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with that. I think it's amazing, but in my ideal world, I'd still want to raise children with another person too. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I, I did talk to her, you know, after she, she went through with it and had the baby and she's like, you know, it's just like, it's hard. She's like, I'm still like, I'm looking for someone and now I have to look for someone with a kid. Right. So it's even harder. Um, but I just saw that Paris Hilton, who's 40 years old, is pregnant, yeah, which is amazing. I saw that too. Good for her. So good for her. I'm sure she had like all the resources at her disposal, but um, <laughs> still like very, very good for her. So 33 and single and you're gorgeous and such a catch. Oh, and by the way, Thank I know you. your signs. So I forgot to ask, but will you just repeat your Zodiac signs for everyone? Oh, Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Libra. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Um, so Shelby's a Libra like myself and Brie is a Gemini. So Brie, what is going on with dating right now in the city? I feel like we were hearing about this like hot girl summer, but now people are telling me there are no guys left on dating apps. That's hard to believe, I feel like. But you tell me. I mean, I kind of have given up on dating apps just because dating as a Black woman is such a different experience and it's really frustrating. So I'm over it. I've had it. And I mean, ideally, I would like to meet someone in the real world IRL, but it's just it gets really weird on the dating apps for me. So I'll pop in and out. I only have Hinge still on my phone. I've deleted Tinder. I was on Bumble for like a month because it was just kind of felt a little conservative, too conservative to me. Mm, And Hinge, I'll like kind of go on every now and again, like if I'm on the toilet, like most people out of boredom. But for the most part, I never go on dates with people from the apps anyway. And I have really bad dating anxiety. Yeah. Well, we talked about this a little bit on your podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. You had told us about an experience that you had on a date with some guy who was like, what did he ask you again? It was like, he was like trying to figure out where you're from or something. He was really concerned about what my ethnicity was and was arguing with me even after I told him what it is. So I get a lot of that. And I just feel like dating apps allows non-Black people to kind of experience people of other ethnicities, like to test the waters a little bit. So then you get a lot of weird conversations. I feel like a lot of the times because they're kind of testing it out, it does lead immediately to sex, the conversation, Mm. which I'm not looking for casual sex relationships. So 
if that's what they're looking for, I have to, you know, see my way out of that conversation. Yeah, that's (laughs) completely fair. And Shelby, how did you meet your partner? I met my partner on Hinge. (laughs) There you go. But I will say, uh, like, he was one of the first people that I matched with. Mm -hmm. Um, And I took a little bit of, like, talking before we, like, ended up meeting up. And I was probably on the app for, like, another month or so. Like, I just had it downloaded. Mm -hmm. And I was always kind of resistant to being on the apps anyways. I know I'm probably not supposed to say that because of the line of work that I'm in, but I I feel very vulnerable on the apps, you know, and I feel judged. Like, I feel like, uh, like people are just looking at me and then they're making up a story about me mm-hmm. and then they're projecting all these fantasies onto me instead of like taking the time to actually get to know me. So in some ways, I'm really grateful to have these apps and resources, you know, I consider Instagram, Facebook, I don't do Facebook, but like Facebook, Twitter, whatever to be dating apps in themselves, because it's just different ways for people to connect. But it can be really exhausting being on the apps and constantly like Bree's talking about like being sexualized or for certain people being fetishized. And it can be kind of like dehumanizing Totally. I I feel like the experience can definitely be dehumanizing. And I've had my fair share of weird experiences Mm. too. Um, Mm -hmm. But Shelby, I'm curious, what was it about your partner that stood out, like about his profile when you first saw it? (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good question. Um, Well, one, he's so hot. So I was like, oh, but also (laughs) like he had matched me. Um, I had a funny picture on my Instagram or sorry, sorry, on my profile that was like holding this bag that had studded on it. It was like a black pleather bag that had studded. It's good to be the queen, you know, cute, kitschy, very Libra. Um, And so he had hit me up and he was like, you know, does it ever get like, do you ever get tired of being the queen? And of course I was like, no. Um, (laughs) But I went and looked at his profile and it was all these very nice photos of him. And then it was just like, I laughed to myself because it was like, like, we'll get along if, and it's like, you enjoy silence and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) things that I like to do, read, you know, play piano. And I was like, okay, it's very much like go girl, give me nothing. But, (laughs) and I was laughing because it's very different than who I am. I think, you know, to in a certain degree in the sense that my whole job is talking to people and I'm pretty bubbly and I'm like, la, 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 you know, and I'm like, okay, but I do enjoy silence and all these other things. But I guess I was intrigued because of our differences mm-hmm. and the conversation that we had. But yeah, then also he's so hot. So well, I was, was like, going to say, see. like, it's like <laughs> at the end of the day, obviously, like, you know, what you put in your profile matters. But like, if you're attracted to them, that's kind of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what I tell people all the time when they're like, what should I DM? Like, I want to slide into the DMs. You know, what do I say? And it's almost like it doesn't really matter what you say as long as it's not like mean or creepy. Because if they think you're cute and your profile's public, like it's a done deal. Right. You could literally send an emoji. (laughs) Right. Like you, you barely have to try in that case. They just like have to see (laughs) that you exist. 
I don't know. I think that it kind of does matter what you say, though, because I get a lot of like I had a lot of people hitting me up just being like, hey, or like yeah. something dumb, but like sexual. And I'm just like, I don't even have the emotional capacity to deal with this right now. And so I thought that what he said was clever and was kind of like poking fun at me a little bit, but not in like a negging way. It was just I thought it was smart. And so I was like, OK, he's hot and he's funny. So yeah. let me see what's going on with this. You want to sit in the park and not talk? Fine. Yeah, no, I <laughs> like know, that. Just, I mean, he definitely put thought into like what he was saying. But I think what I meant was like for women reaching out, I feel like oh. it matters less. But like, who knows? It could also matter. <laughs> I think regardless, you should be clever and you should be funny. But like if you don't have that mojo it's fine if you just say like hi or an emoji and you're cute. Yeah, I'm such a nerd and I I can be really good in public, but on the apps, I totally flop. Like I'm like, uh. It's really hard. That's why I always say to like, <laughs> to like let your friends do your apps for you, you know? Because like, it's mm. like, then they, they don't care. They don't give a fuck. Especially your like married yeah. friends or friends in relationships. yeah. There's so much pressure to send the perfect response to messages. So much pressure. It's crazy. Brie and I were having a discussion about dating profile apps and she did an experiment, but I'm kind of curious what your take on it would be. Let me Brie, hear. do you want to tell her? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I was saying earlier, how I feel like the conversation a lot of the time leads to sex almost pretty immediately. I wanted to experiment because I've had other people, other girlfriends and like coworkers look at my dating profile and tell me that they felt like I had a bunch of thirst traps on my dating profile. And for me, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I look like this every day. So then I must be a walking thirst trap. But I was like, okay, let me try it out and choose photos of myself that are a little bit more conservative. And I did. And I felt like I didn't see that much difference, but I also it didn't the experiment didn't last that long. So I couldn't really <laughs> tell you. Yeah. It wasn't a really thorough exper experiment, but yeah, Lindsay, what would you say to that? Like, should you have like one thirst trap or like? I think that's really interesting. So reminiscing back to my dating app profile, I remember I had like an array of photos and then I would have like one bikini photo. Okay. And, yeah. and I, See, I didn't that. even have a bikini photo. No, obviously. No. Well, that's another thing. It's like your body is so great that like, you, they're sexualizing you because you have like curves. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's like, right, and that's right. what happens. Wait, you're hot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but Shelby, I feel like you can relate to this too. Like, yeah, I, I like, I have big boobs. So like when I wear a dress, like it looks like I'm trying to be sexual, but I'm not mm -hmm. like, that's like, yeah. it's like, it's, always going to be the problem with like a woman who has like a butt or boobs. It's like mm -hmm. when I hang out at like kids parties, like I get, I'm not allowed to like wear the same thing that like Certain someone rights. next to me wears, <laughs> who's like flat chested or whatever. I don't yeah. know if there's like probably a better term than flat chested. <laughs> it's definitely yeah. like not a correct term these days. Sm smaller, smaller breasted. Smaller breasted. <laughs> um, like, I, I you know, we can't get away with that shit. And it's like a blessing no. and a curse. But I would have like one 
bikini photo almost like to test because like on Hinge specifically, you know how they can like a photo. And I'd be like, every guy that likes that bikini photo is trash. Like every guy that likes that bikini Uh photo is just trying to get it in. And like, (laughs) I I would judge them for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're smart and a guy, you would like the response, like the the words, you know, or like Mm -hmm. a pleasant photo of you. Yeah, yeah, I have a photo of me, my one thirst trap that I think is my one thirst trap on my Hinge profile. It's a photo of me in like a white bustier. Mm-hmm. And so the the girls are pushed up a little bit and it's like shoulder. But that's my one thirst trap. But I'm always curious to see all of the guys that only like that photo. Right. Because it's a lot of them. Right. <laughs> and like that's that's how you're going to weed out who's in it for like the sexual stuff Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. like, you know, just being a nice guy. But that's also why I feel like on these apps, it's good for like women to be more proactive and go Mm. out and like guys photos because like that's so now my, like my boyfriend now we met in person, but my last boyfriend I had met on Hinge and I like initiated the whole thing. And I feel like that's so okay to do on apps because like they don't know you exist otherwise, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I wanted to switch up my jewelry for the fall. And I was like, you know what I really have been craving that I haven't worn in a long time? Bangles. Like where could I get amazing bangles that aren't going to break the bank? So obviously, naturally, I went to analuisa.com, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com. And they have this new bangle called Ovest, O-V-E-S-T, and another bangle called the Meridian Bangle. And I just ordered the two of them together and they look amazing. And I'm obsessed. Also, they have like really cute dog tags, which I feel like are back in style. Like, I don't know if you were ever into the dog tag game, but I love it. And you can obviously customize it. So I want you to try it and check it out for yourself. Definitely get back into the bangles game with me. I really love Ana Luisa. And another reason why is because their pieces start at $39 and you can get 20% off if you go to shop.analuisa.com slash Acme Sun. That is shop.analuisa.com slash Acme Sun. Check out their rings, their bangles, their earrings, honestly, anything that you're into. They're always adding new pieces and you can style them and tag me because I want to see how you do it. We talked about breaking up with your therapist and it can be really hard, but you know what's really easy when your therapist is your virtual therapist because then breaking up with them isn't stressful. I am obsessed with therapy. As you know, I advocate that everybody should go to therapy if they can. There's nothing wrong with just working on yourself. And that's what we should be doing. That's how we grow is we work on ourselves. And I can't explain to you how much therapy changed my life when I was depressed at 23. And I finally took it into my own hands. If you haven't heard of Talkspace, it's a wonderful platform where you can match with a licensed therapist. You could schedule live video sessions all from the comfort of your own phone. It couldn't be easier to speak to someone today. There's honestly no excuse if you have a smartphone 
and you have, you know, things that you're going through, it's time to start talking to someone. Depression, anxiety, whatever it is that you're dealing with, maybe it's work stuff, a relationship situation, you can get $100 off when you use code ACME at Talkspace.com. Go to Talkspace.com and use code ACME and you'll get $100 off your first month with our promo code ACME. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and use promo code ACME for $100 off your first month. Okay, we have some questions that came in for you guys. Oh, but before we get into the questions, I wanted to ask, like, how did Emotional Check-In Podcast come to be? Um, I like love talking about mental health on this podcast. And just from like the title and, you know, what we talked about on the episode, it, it seems related to that. So did either of you have some sort of revelation that it was really important to talk about this or like a, an experience that led you to it? Um, yeah, when I moved to New York, I kind of got like my first nine to five desk job, which I don't really enjoy, but podcasts always kind of helped me get through the eight hour, 40 hours a week work week. Um, so I really wanted to start a podcast and Shelby had talked to me about starting a podcast and Shelby's always been, you know, in the love, sex and relationships world. And so I was like, she's the perfect person to start a podcast with. We've been friends for 10 years ever forever been through so much shit so it was maybe longer now (laughs) yeah honestly yeah longer so it just felt she was the perfect person to start a podcast with and it just felt really natural and organic and Shelby I think really tries to promote mental health which I think is amazing and I definitely think because mental health is stigmatized in the Black community. It's very helpful for a Black woman to be talking about it every now and again, even though I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about half the time. (laughs) But, and obviously, like, being two women in New York, we talk about dating and relationships a lot. So, it's been fun. Also, Brie and I used to live together when Mm -hmm. we were much younger. I was going to say, how did you guys meet? Mm -hmm. Well, we had met, I think, going out in L.A. We both used to live in L.A., and we had met through going out, mutual friends. And then, oh, we saw the, my other friends saw the, um, you, Brie was looking for a roommate. And mm-hmm. so I ended up moving in. And then it was really fun. It was me and Brie and one other girl. And we, I think we all became like fast friends. And it was also kind of funny because like we would go out all the time and we were all you know, single or like kind of, you know, and going through all these different things. And then at one point we had like a red light at the entrance of our apartment, which no one ever used like rarely. But then all of these guys, like all the, all the guys that we were hooking up with were also all friends. (laughs) And so they started nicknaming our apartment the brothel (laughs) because we would just, yeah, all have people over and whatever. And so we've been talking about I used to have a blog back in the day where I was interviewing people about love and sex and dating called Pillow Talk. And so we've been discussing stuff like this forever. And when Brie moved here, we were like, why don't we just have a podcast where we can talk about this? That's not like super intense. It's not judgmental at all. It's just a space where you can share your experiences, you know, and 
we can just, yeah, it's like two friends hanging out. We just hang out every week. <laughs> I love that. And it's such like a testament to your relationship that you live together and still like each other. Like that is huge. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There was some, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh no, it was good. It was good. Yeah. It's funny. It seems like a lifetime ago and it's so nice to, I don't know. Yeah. I guess just grow and evolve with your friends. So we talk a lot about mental health. We talk a lot about relationships in terms of friendships, dating, family, and like everything that can come up. And then, yeah, well, when we both started, we were both single or in like situationships. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) yeah, I'm the queen of situationships. (laughs) Love it. So we, I think the podcast has seen us through some things. It's been like a, like a diary or something Mm -hmm. for us or therapy for me, honestly. (laughs) I love that. I feel like our episode was therapy for me. So I appreciate you guys. Um, Okay. Let's get to some of these questions. They're like kind of split down the middle. This one is for Shelby. How do you let someone know that you have a high sex drive? I feel like it's obvious, but you, you tell me. Um, I, I think just by talking about it, you know, I think it's important to communicate and be like, sex is really important to me. (laughs) It is a huge component of my relationships. It's a need of mine, not necessarily like a want or a desire. Um, It's a way that I can express how I feel about you um, physically, you know, and, or, you know, if, if you just have a sex drive and it's more of a casual relationship, then yeah, you can just be like, sex is really important to me. I have a high sex drive. Um, and I hope you can keep up, you know, yeah. <laughs> or something cute, right? Yeah, I love that. This is for both of you guys, actually. And this comes up a lot. This person says X didn't work out because of their mental health issues. They said they couldn't be the person I deserve, even if they wanted to be. Do you think that that's like a true thing or more of an excuse or something maybe you guys have gone through? I think it's a true thing. I definitely have gone through this. Like, I think it was, I've talked about it on our podcast too. I think like a few years ago I was dating someone and it was pretty new. And then all of a sudden they kind of started to ghost me and I approached them like, Hey, what's going on? And I had known when we pretty early on, when we had started dating that they were going through some mental health things because they had told me that they were on all of these medications and I didn't that was when I kind of found out he was like you don't see me take these pills every morning and I was like actually no but thank you for letting (laughs) me know um and so he kind of just let me know like he couldn't continue the relationship because he was dealing with a lot of mental health stuff. And I saw it when we were in the relationship. I mean, we never left his room. All we did was stay in his room all day, order food for delivery. We never went anywhere. It was very apparent that he was going through something and it was starting to affect me also. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like staying in bed all day and in the dark with the curtains closed. It was really, really hurtful for me because I felt like, especially for someone that pursued me that wasn't Mm. even somebody I would really date to begin with. And I felt like I was, you know, I was like, let me, you know, let me take a chance. You know, this might be the one. So I was really hurt because I was like, you came to me and now you're breaking up with me. Um, (laughs) So I was really, really hurt. But I 
think that what he was going through was absolutely real. And I couldn't even be upset about it after a while. I got over it in like a week. It's so case by case, but I'm curious, like, what do you think was contributing to his like depression or, or whatever it was? I think part of it was he had recently gotten out of a five or six year long relationship with somebody that he thought he was going to marry and they were still communicating with each other. I don't think he was over his ex. And I also think he was going through kind of an existential crisis as somebody that in their very early 20s from New York, like had this really like kind of cool life and cool job that was traveling a lot. I'm trying not to give away too much about who this person was, (laughs) but um, like had a really cool and exciting life. And then that kind of stopped after, like after a little while, like I think in his late twenties and then he was in his mid thirties by this time. So he was just, it was like he had to restart all over again. And then also some things with childhood, like right. dealing with the loss of a parent. I think it was a lot of factors involved. Yeah, that's really interesting. Shelby, do you have mm-hmm. any thoughts on if mental health can affect? Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It 100% can and it's super valid. And I think it's important. I think it's important to take space if you need it. Like if you aren't, mentally or emotionally available to be in a relationship, then you probably shouldn't be. But I think that sometimes the framing of like what you were saying or like the question of like, I don't deserve you or like you deserve better. Right. Like sometimes it is the truth. It's like, well, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I do. I do. Um, But also sometimes I think it can be an excuse. Like it would mean a lot more or almost like gaslighting or something in a sense where it's not taking accountability and I'm not invalidating the, the depression, you know, somebody who deals with depression and anxiety myself, like I've definitely been emotionally unavailable. You know, I think that taking accountability is really important in relationships. So instead of being like, you deserve better, it's like, I'm not in a place right now to be in a relationship and I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, instead of like putting, I don't know, I guess. Right. Like the you blame deserve better. I hate person. that you deserve better bullshit. I don't know. It's for me, like, it's not that I disagree. I just feel like so often, like, especially now, like mental health is like becoming a buzzword almost. And like a lot of people don't even understand what mental health means. And I feel like sometimes and like not to be so... um <laughs> like (gasps) negative about it. But like, sometimes it's like guys will almost like know how seriously women take mental health. So they'll just like almost use it against women sometimes and be like, oh yeah, my Mm. mental health is because they know that we're going to be so empathetic. Like, oh, however long you need, you know, I'm always going to be here. I agree with you on that. And that's like the gaslighting stuff that I'm talking about. And obviously, again, it is case by case. And I think that the important thing to recognize in relationships is boundaries. And so instead of like, if somebody is coming to you using mental health as like an excuse instead of being like, this is how I'm feeling and I need to take space for me. And, you know, like this is my thing, then, um, maybe that person isn't the safest for you to be dating. And that's why boundaries are so important because it's not like whenever you're ready, it's like, well, thank you for telling me that you're 
not available right now. That way we can both do what's best for us. I'm going to keep searching to be like for a connection that I'm looking for. Hopefully you take care of yourself respectfully, but I'm not waiting around. You know, I'm not going to be waiting around hoping and wishing and praying for you to come back into my life. You know, if you, if you get it together and you reach out and it just so happens that I'm available, then maybe we can reassess it then. But I don't believe in putting your life on pause. I feel like you can tell also if somebody, I mean, not always people are dealing with things that you have no idea about, but I feel like when you're dating someone, a lot of times you can kind of tell if they're using mental health as an excuse to not date you anymore versus whether they're really dealing with depression or anxiety or severe stress or whatever it is. I feel like your intuition will tell you whether or not they're just gaslighting you and weaponizing their mental health. Totally. Like our gut never lies. And that actually leads me to my next question, which is like, did Brie, did you ever reconnect with this person when they were like in a better place in their life? Um, I don't, I still don't think they're in a better place in their life. Unfortunately, I don't know. I haven't talked to them in a while. We, um, spoke again during quarantine because during quarantine, I swear I spoke to every guy I ever dated in my whole entire life. Um, Amen. But <laughs> everybody was for sure freaking out. So we did speak again. And I felt like he was freaking out because he invited me to come over to his house in the city and like quarantine together. But um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't he think did? he did. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, do you want to come make spaghetti with me? Like, oh, you no. Know he's like, do you want to come over and never leave the house and put right. the blinds down? Right. No, thank exactly. you. Exactly. Do you want to be sad together? No. no. Um, <laughs> but I didn't go. So good. I good hope for he's you. okay. Because <laughs> you come first. Right. No pun intended. Okay. We're going to do some <laughs> rapid fire poll questions. You're dating for two years and your significant other goes to a business school program and starts to go out with their new school friends uh, multiple times a week, but never invites you. Is it reasonable for you to get mad or are you being dramatic? I saw this on your page. (laughs) 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 And there was a part two, right? It was like they're following all of their desired gender <laughs> on Instagram and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would be a little tight. Well, I mean, I yeah. I think it's I think it's valid. Like of course, you know, if you're starting a new job, then um it's okay to give space for you to connect with that, but if you're going out like so much all the time, I would want to be included personally. <laughs> I don't think I would feel like I would need to be included, but again, yeah, it would depend on how frequently this is happening. <sighs> I feel like it's a huge red flag because a lot of the time when people go to these pro, like these business school programs, they end up cheating or leaving their partner. And so if they're not oh. like including mm. you in this stuff at all, then that's like, those are the first signs in my opinion. So you opinion. think that means that they're cheating on you? Not cheating, but getting ready to get rid of you. Damn. <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see. Okay. This, <laughs> this one's really important and really serious. Will Benefer last? <laughs> No. I'm afraid to answer this no. one because it's a no from me too. Yeah, yeah. I I, lo- I live for them. I love it, but I'm going to say no. Do you think she's going to go back to the... I don't think she's going to go back. I think, but I do think they're having fun and having good sex and yeah. good for them, you know? But um, I think that if 
if they got back together, he would probably hurt her again because he cheated on her. Like, girl, do you forget? Mm. Like, she needs to remember, you know? (sighs) He's going to cheat on her with a 22-year-old. For sure. He loves those 22-year-olds. I think he's like on Rhea. (laughs) Not now. Okay. Do you think a gift is required even if you aren't attending the wedding? No. <laughs> no, I don't even. It depends on how close you are to the people getting married. Also, I, I do agree with that. I feel like I've been invited to weddings where I like met the person a couple times, and I'm like, "Are you no. doing this just to get a gift?" Because right. I'm not going. <laughs> exactly. But I'm too much of like a goody goody, and I can't not send a gift if I'm invited, and it's the worst quality that I have, honestly. Oh, <laughs> no, I, I think there are there are worse qualities. That's now, true. Sure. That's true. Um, OK, can you guys leave us with a quote or piece of advice that has helped you throughout the years? Maybe it's with dating maybe it's with your mental health or just something that like makes you feel good. I will say don't doubt yourself and always trust your gut. Mm. Love that. Yeah. With, and that can be for anything. <laughs> Across the board. Yeah. Um, And then I would say something that really helped me is just speaking to myself like I would to Brie or any other close friend or loved one. I had a pretty strong inner critic and, um, and I was really mean to myself for a really long time. And once I shifted that and I started talking to myself like I would to a friend, then um, my inner, my inner dialogue became a lot more kind and gentle and it was much less inner critic much less pressure and much more room for self-love so hopefully that makes sense but Mm -hmm. yeah that definitely makes sense I had a moment like that today Mm -hmm. I was on the subway and I always um when there's an escalator I always am the person walking up the escalator because I'm like I don't want to be lazy and just stand there like Well, or you could you just stand like there are two sides, right? And then today I was like, wait, I don't want to walk up this escalator. Like I want to just stand. And like Mm -hmm. I, if like my friend said to me, like I just want to stand today, I would be like, stand, girl, stand. Yeah. So I literally did that. Like I was just like, I am standing and letting this escalator take me up. (laughs) And it was an amazing feeling. It really was. Um, Guys, thank you so much. Where can everybody Mm -hmm. find emotional check in and your Instagrams and follow you and listen to the podcast? Um, My Instagram is Bree says hella h e l l a. Um, yeah, same on Twitter. I think those are the only social accounts I have. And then the emotional check-in Instagram is emotional check-in. Pretty easy. And you can find me at Shelby Sells Love on all platforms as well. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you name it. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lindsay. 